And the first one is this, Dave and Kate and their family will be here with us next week. Dave's away this weekend doing studies in Palmerston. They'll be here with us and uh, they'll be here uh, from then on. And uh, so it'll be great. We'll make them very welcome next weekend as they come in. And uh, the last thing is, is there's a, uh, a meet. We want to have a church meeting, a family meeting. We haven't had one for a long time. But it'd be great to just have a time to connect. It's been a bit of a, a difficult and challenging year, very challenging for all of us, really. And uh, it'll be just great for us to have an opportunity to meet as a family. We did it last year, about the 9th of December. And so on Friday, the 13th of December, 7 o'clock, we'll just have a time here. Anyone would like to come? It's a great chance to meet Dave and Kate to talk about the culture we need to build and develop some of the things we need to be focusing on uh, for the future of the church. But it's also a chance to interact and ask questions and connect with one another. Big thing is about connecting. So that's a couple of weeks out, Friday the 13th. And uh, we would just love for you to be there. Amen? Okay, I want you to open your Bible with me in Matthew chapter 6. I just really was challenged by this myself, and so I want to to share this with you because I think it it helped me and it'll help you as well. Uh, I want to talk today on bringing heaven to earth. Now, we've probably heard that kind of topic or thing, but I want to just put a different flavor on it and uh, help it become very accessible for you. Bringing heaven to earth. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, Jesus said, uh, this is how I want you to pray. I want you to pray, thy kingdom come. In other words, our prayer is that the kingdom would come. And that kingdom comes through people, through people of prayer, people connected with Jesus. And what that looks like, and we're going to look at what it looks like, he says, it looks like the will of God that's in heaven starting to take place on the earth. In other words, what God wants. The battle that takes place on the earth is always about the will of God. The battle in your life is always about the will of God, whose will prevails. And so when we pray for the kingdom to come, we're praying that what God has planned and purpose would come into being around us. Now, a lot of us, when we, when we tend to think of that, we tend to think of miracles, I telling you about the kingdom coming. Well, we think of miracles. People get healed. People get delivered. Uh, there's a prophetic word. The gifts of the Spirit are flowing. And all of that is true. That is an aspect of heaven on earth. In fact, Jesus said, if you see someone get delivered, then know the kingdom has come. But there's another aspect of it that I want you to understand as well. God wants you to learn about your new identity. When you, when you and I got born again, we became a different person. Trouble is, we still live like the old person most of the time because we haven't got to know who the new person is. So you are a completely new person in Christ with potential to live a totally different kind of life to people around you and the one you lived before. The Bible says our citizenship or the place that we belong is actually heaven itself. So here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to learn to live like a citizen of heaven on earth. He wants you to learn how to live out of your new identity as a child of God and to represent Him. So that all sounds very well. Well, how does that work out? Well, it works out like this. It works out in the way you live your life and particularly the way we relate to people. If you want to see heaven on earth, start to look at how we relate to one another. And it's either heaven on earth or it's hell on earth. And you and I have the privilege of being able to access the presence of God in a way that we can bring heaven to earth in our relationships. I want to show you how to do it. It's not so hard. It's actually simpler than you think. We also have the potential to bring hell on earth. And the choice lies with us. So 
bringing heaven to earth is not about necessarily great power things or great meetings or anything like that. It's more about the relationships in life we're living. As believers, we tend to focus on the meeting. So we tend to think the big highlight is the meeting and the worship and the presence of God and things like that. But for God, the meeting isn't important. For God, your life is important. How you live your life is very important to God. The meeting is not important. He enjoys the meeting and loves to come and touch us and loves the special times of encounter. But his primary interest is how we live our life. And specifically, how we relate to people and to the circumstance around us. That's where I want to get your focus on today is on how to relate. I want you to have a look on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, I just want to share a little bit about it. Notice what it says here. Though I I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So notice what he's saying. I might be very spiritual and know lots of things and have great encounters with God, but if I lack love for people, I have become something. What have I become? I become an irritating, noisy, clanging thing. You notice when you get kids together and they they get all into the pot cupboard and they get the stuff out and they begin to bang on it. And after a while, you've had as much as you can take. It's irritating. And so what, 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 he, what the verse is saying here, it's saying it doesn't matter how spiritual you may be and experiences you have, if you don't have love in your heart to people, it's very clangy. It's very irritating. And so he places a priority on love. He said, though I have the gift of prophecy, whoa, I can prophesy with great accuracy. And I have mysteries and knowledge, whoa, I've got revelations into heaven. And I have all faith, so great miracles are happening. But I don't have love, I am nothing. Notice these are identity statements. I'm become a clashing symbol. God doesn't want you to be a clashing symbol. He's called you to be a child of God and to demonstrate his love. And yet without love, we just become that. We become that. When we withhold love from people, when we contend with people, strive with people, when we get into reactions with people, when we get into reactions in life, and we don't minister love into those situations, we become a clanging symbol. We become something that we're not. We're not called to be that. You're not called to be a clanging symbol. You're called to be something quite different, child of God. I might give my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned, but if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. For love suffers long. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't show itself off. It's not puffed up with importance, it doesn't behave rudely, doesn't seek its own, not provoke, doesn't know evil, doesn't rejoice in iquity, rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and it never fails. How about that? Not many things you can say about that in life. Something that will never fail is your decision to embrace loving people. Love will never fail. So, God wants us to manifest what he is like. When we see this word love, the Bible says God is love. He wants you to learn how to manifest his love to people. That's how you bring heaven to earth. So have a look with me in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Because the, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, is actually the manifestation of heaven on earth. Think about it. Gifts are the power of God flowing. The fruit is actually who he is manifesting. So if you think about what is God like, well, you can look at Jesus and Jesus' life, but if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, fruit means 
it's something that's connected to DNA. You get an orange, you see oranges, that's an orange tree. You see apples, that's an apple tree. You see love, that's a love tree. You see the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, you're actually seeing God. That's the nature of God. It is the fruit of God's life within you. So we often focus on all kinds of things rather than actually focusing on intimacy with the Lord that produces the fruit of God's Spirit in our relationships. We're just going to identify what they are and just go back quickly over them. So the devil presses on us to manifest the works of the flesh. So life and circumstances put a pressure on you, and they press you to do this, to be anxious, to be fearful, to be worried, to become resentful, to become bitter, to become angry. Life presses on you to show up like that. Life presses on you to show up in that kind of way in your relationships. That's what life does. It presses us to be conformed to what everyone else is like. You think what everyone else is like. Think what the world is like. You know, someone does something, usually they relax angrily or try to beat them back or try to pay them off or, or try to get revenge. But that is actually living out of the demonic system of the world. God says, I've connected you to my spirit. The fruit of the spirit is actually my nature showing up in your life. Heaven coming into earth. So let's have a, have a look at the fruit of the spirit. So God, here's, here's the thing. The devil will use people and circumstances to try and press you to live like everyone else and show up angry, resentful, bitter, twisted, spiteful, withholding love, judging, you know, separating, all those kinds of things. But God uses pressure of people and circumstances to develop the fruit of His Spirit in your life. So you make the choice with whatever you face in life, Whatever people treat you like, whatever people say about you, whatever people do, about, do to you, whatever kinds of situations we face, we face a decision, will I yield to the demonic pressure and show up badly, or will I yield to the Spirit of God and begin to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit? What will I do? What will I bring out in my life? Now, most of us, we kind of We'd rather get into a situation of blaming this one, blaming that one, or, or finding fault here and there. But God says, no, 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 no. Whatever turns up in life altogether works for good for you if you love me and you'll respond. So I want to just quickly go over these gifts of spirit. And I want to show you how the Bible makes it very clear that whatever situation you face individually or we face corporately, here's the thing. All of us make a, a decision how we show up. How you show up is your choice. And here's the second thing. God ensures that no matter what you're facing, He will give you exactly what you need to show up Him. How about that? That's interesting and challenging. Let's go have a, just look through these, these uh, fruit of the Spirit. And uh, so I'll read it here in verse... Uh, I encourage you to read Galatians 5. It says in verse uh, 18, If you are led by the Holy Ghost... You're not under the law. There's nothing can stop you. There's nothing against you. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, divisions, wrong teaching or wrong beliefs, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelry, all the like. 
I tell you beforehand that those who practice such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, if that's your lifestyle, you cannot receive what God intends you to have off his kingdom. You just can't if you make that your lifestyle. So he's saying if we want to walk and experience the benefits of the kingdom and live out our identity as citizens of heaven, we need to show up differently. So here's what he says. However, he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, nothing can stop it. Now, that's a great list, isn't it? So if I wanted to bring heaven to earth, what I need to do is learn to draw and develop and release the fruit of the Spirit in my life into all my relationships, and absolutely heaven will come to earth. I will, I will not come under what other people put on me or what life dishes up. I will actually overcome it. And not only will I overcome it, I'll influence it positively. Think about Jesus. Jesus lived out the fruit of the Spirit. If you have a look at him, he showed all those things. He was loving, he was patient, he was kind, he was generous. All of those things that is listed there, he showed up just exactly like that, no matter how he was provoked. Think about that. Because that's how God is. That's what heaven is like. If you to go to heaven, you'll find it's full of love. It never stops being full of love. It never has a bad day when it says, I think we'll change it. Actually, I'm ticked off what everyone's doing. It's not like that. Uh, heaven is full of joy. It's full of an amazing joy. It's full of peace. Everything that is in this list here of the fruit of the Spirit is actually the culture of heaven because it's the nature of God. Now think about this. When you got born again, he didn't want to just get you to heaven. He wanted to put his Spirit in you so you could be conformed to be just like Jesus and manifest this kind of stuff on the earth. So uh, we could be focusing on building and developing these things. I encourage you to think about this. So let's go and have a look at them. The first the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love means just embracing people. Embracing people welcoming people in your world as being very special and precious and then acting in their best interest. Now think about that. People are a treasure to God. It doesn't matter how goofy they are. You were goofy one time, but Jesus still loved you. And we do goofy things. I just express my gratitude to the Lord for helping me through the goofy things that come into my life from time to time. So God loves people. People are very, very special to him. So if you want to love people, treat every person you meet, regardless of how they show up, as being special and precious and unique. And demonstrate or act in the very best way towards them. That's how you love people. That's how you love people. The withholding of love is one of the most horrendous things you can experience. All of us have been through situations where people deliberately withheld love. They withheld embracing you and held you at arm's length. They were cold and uncaring, and it hurt. It affects you. It, it actually leaves an imprint in your life. But when you encounter people, and there are people that are like this, and they are loving people, when they manifest that fruit of love, it's like you are special when you're with them. You are welcome in their world. You actually feel very important, and they act without agenda, without agenda, without agenda for your best interest. That's what love looks like. So every time someone fronts up to you and they're a bit nasty, a bit unkind or whatever, you can decide whether you retaliate or whether you retaliate. And the way to retaliate from heaven's point of view is to overcome evil with good. 
to love where there was unkindness and selfishness and hatred, to actually make a decision, I will meet this with love. Yes, you may be doing this goofy stuff, but I will welcome and celebrate you. I'll make a special effort to treasure you and treat you as someone value, and I will act in your best interest. That's a decision. You don't have to pray a lot about that. That's a fruit of the Spirit. And the thing is, as you give out that fruit, God gives you more. If you want to get more of that, don't pray for a lot more. Meditate on what He is like, and then begin to act like Him. Okay, then. So it's a gift. See, treasure. Here's someone, joy. Joy means rejoicing or being glad or being cheerful because we're amazed at Jesus. Now, Jesus was full of joy. There's not a time He wasn't joyful. Not only that, He said, my joy I give to you. He wants His joy to remain in us. How about that? And yet you, we look at a lot of Christians, they don't look very joyful. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how lacking joy? He said, no one can take the joy of the Lord from you. You've got to just give it up yourself. So every time you let a bit of resentment get in, and uh, then you lose your joy. Every time you let a little bit of anger settle in your heart, you lose your joy. In fact, the joy, I feel like I've lost my joy today. My joy is not here. She's down, gone somewhere. I really do miss her. But there's another joy. It's a joy that is in us. It's a joy that comes out of just enjoying Jesus and having a simple love relationship with him and actually being excited about him. I found one of the great exciting revelations I got of Jesus was how happy he was. Remember, meditating on one day, and suddenly I thought, he's very, I began to study the scriptures on joy. And I began to look, and I suddenly realized, actually, Jesus is very joyful. I need to meditate and see him as being joyful. I had an old religious tradition of seeing him a bit angry and keeping a list of my sins. I thought, I've got to change that. And so I began to meditate on him being a very joyful person. It was a bit hard to do because my heart believed something else. And then one day, I was just sitting there, and I began to meditate. I began to meditate on Jesus being joyful, and suddenly I saw his joy and felt his joy, and I couldn't stop laughing all day. I experienced the reality he is joyful, and his joy, is, it's a spiritual life flow. I remember we've been in some great times when the joy of the Lord comes. I just love it when the joy of the Lord comes. And you know, mostly it comes after people have been delivered of demons, or God has to come specially to touch them. Because, but we're to live in joy. Count it all joy. Rejoice when you have some difficulties. It's a choice to rejoice. It's also a choice to pout and be miserable and feel sorry for yourself, isn't it? How about that? So the, the world teaches you to focus on negatives, but Jesus teaches you to focus on things that are good and true and lovely and just, of good report, any virtue, any praise. Think on these things. And the God of peace will keep your heart. Hey, so there was another one. Peace, that's the next one, rest. It's to be at rest or to set at one again, to be quiet and calm. Now, some people are really anxious. Have you noticed how many people are uptight and anxious? Have you noticed how many people are stressed out? That is not peaceful. That is not peaceful at all. In fact, if you get around stressed out people, did you notice you get on edge? What is happening there? They are manifesting a spirit. It is coming around your life, and you start to get uptight too. But what if you were to bring peace? Jesus said, my peace to be at peace means to be calm and at rest. Everything's going on around you, but inside you're at rest because God is with me. He is the Prince of Peace. I'm at peace because I know Him and experiencing His peace. So now you can go into situations and bring peace. Isn't it interesting? The disciples, when they went to the households, when I, you know what they used to say? 
peace on this household. We don't think about that. Peace to your household. It was not just a little fancy prayer. Oh, peace. It's been turned into that, but it's not what it was. What they were saying was, we release the peace of God into a household and people that are troubled. And something would change in the atmosphere. Peace. Did you feel the peace of God come in today? It came in. I began to talk about peace and release peace. And you just feel the peace start to come. I enjoyed it very much. Nice to be at peaceful and not in turmoil. So peace. Peace is a great thing. So peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is a manifestation of kingdom of heaven. It's a manifestation of who he is. Patience. To endure quietly in the face of pressure. To endure without complaining. Patience. So God wants to develop patience in our life. So who would put up their hand and say, God, give me some patience. I would love you to lay hands on me, give us some patience. He said, well, tribulation works patience in you. In other words, some of the conflicts and pressures of life, or sorry, in every conflict, pressure of life, every difficulty, God wants to use it to bring forth and develop in you this fruit of patience, to be able to stand calm and positive and optimistic and not react and complain. So how many Christians do you find complaining? Well, well, I don't think all of them. That was what what Elijah said. There's only me left, Lord. But the Lord said, no, that's not true. We've got 7,000 reserved, you know. So even though I find there's a lot of Christians complain, I believe there's many who don't. I believe there are many who don't. But there's also a lot who do. And here's the thing. When they are complaining, they're not showing up as a citizen of heaven. They're not showing up as a child of God. They're showing up as being stamped and marked by the world. They're actually demonstrating unbelief that God can use every situation for our good. You're all getting quiet now. Tell someone next to you, you need a bit more patience. Shall I pray for you for patience? (laughs) No, please, no, I've had enough. (laughs) What about the next one there? So, patience, kindness. Kindness, a person's kind. Another thing is kindness. Isn't it interesting? God is always kind. Some people have a funny God. It's not the God of the Bible. They've got a God who's sometimes kind and sometimes very angry and wants to hurt you. The Bible says God is kind. That's his nature. Its nature is kind. To be kind means to be considerate to people, and kindness shows up when you do little things that just help them and and, and, and create an advantage in their life. Kindness is just doing small practical things to people. It's having a gentle care and a consideration for other people. That's a very good thing to have, isn't it? Be nice. Love demonstrates itself with kindness to people. It is kind. It's a good word, kindness. Tell someone I need more kindness. Eh? I need more kindness in my life. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness. See? Goodness. 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 You know, Jesus, the Bible says, they got this, Jesus went about, you, you know, there's an interesting scripture in Acts 10.38, Jesus went about, and it says he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And so the first thing it says, he went about doing good. And it says, and doing all the deliverance healing stuff as well. I'd never seen that but there in the beginning. He said he went about doing good. He went about doing good. And this is what the Bible says in Galatians 6.10, as you have opportunity, every time you've got an opportunity, do good. Do good. Be a do-gooder. Now, we tend to think a do-gooder is motivated by the wrong intent. But, see, here's the thing is, we do good because it's who we are. 
We're kind because it's who we are. You see, the thinking of the world is like this. If you deserve it, you get it. If you don't deserve it, we withhold it from you. And you were trained that way. You learn, if I'm good, I get loved. If I'm not good, oh, I'm in trouble. It's withheld. We learn that if people are kind to us, we're kind to them. And if they're unkind to us, we're unkind back. That's the way of the world. It's a demonic system. God's system is kindness and goodness. The Bible says God is kind to everyone, good people and bad people. He's kind to everyone. Now, that's the God you serve. Have you thought about that? That that difficult person, that hard person to get on with, that difficult person who creates such hardship for you, that God is kind to them. We would think, Lord, give them theirs. Lord, get, get them. Lord, deal with them. Show that I'm right and they're wrong. You don't know what spirit you are. You're a fire from heaven person. No, God wants us to show kindness to people, demonstrate kindness, and then show goodness, which is shown in very practical ways, acting in their interests and benefit. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to hold fast your word and stay committed. God always keeps his word. We find it very difficult to keep ours. But faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. Gentleness. Gentleness is just having a strength that it's under control. You don't fight, yell, react. When people do uh, unkind things, you don't fire up. The opposite of gentleness would be anger. The word sometimes is translated meekness, but it's actually like it's just a gentleness in your spirit towards people. And the Bible says, David wrote this, your gentleness to me has made me the great person I am. How about this God is gentle with you? If If God is gentle with you, Why would you not be gentle with other people? Think about that. These are wonderful traits. Have you ever thought of intentionally putting these on? And finally, self-control. Self-control. Well, self-control is restraining yourself from going over the top, reacting. It's holding your strength in. It's actually managing your life in a a way that is honoring to God. Think about those things here. So here's the deal. You choose how you respond to life. Have a look here, and I'll finish just a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at this one. You know this, but boy, I got a fresh insight to it today. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it's talking about Israel and how God had such great things for them and they all blew it. And then it says, now listen, two million people blew it. Why don't you learn from their bad lesson and don't blow it up yourself? And now this is what he says, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you which is not common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able and with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So here's, here's, here's interesting things. No matter what happens to you, you always have a choice. No matter what someone has done, said, or injustice you've suffered, you have a choice how you respond. And here's the second thing. Number one, you have a choice. You're not a victim. You have a choice what to do. Number two, God will always provide a fruit of the Spirit to enable you to overcome that situation. Notice what the verse says. It says, there's no temptation or pressure or trial that's come in your life that other people haven't faced as well. In other words, the difficulties of life are common to everyone. Whether you're Christian, non-Christian, everyone has difficulties. You say, how many got difficulties? Everyone has them. How many think yours are really special just to you? No one really understands your one. Well, everyone thinks that too, but the Bible is completely different. It says that they're common to man. In other words, whatever you're facing, someone else faced. Same deal. 
same issue, same problem, there it was. They went through it too. Maybe wrapped up different, the people and the faces were different, but actually the problem was still the same problem. And we tend to think we're so special because we caught up with ourselves. So this is what God says. There's no temptation overtaken to you. It's not common to man. Number one, it's common. Number two, God is faithful. In other words, he can rely on him, absolutely trust. He's going to stand by you in that situation. Most of us in trials think, what happened, God? Where are you? Why have you left me here? You say, it's okay. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still with you. I said I'd never leave you. I'm with you. God is faithful. And he said he will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able. In other words, God has got you sussed. He knows exactly what you can handle. I can't handle it. Yes, you can. Because God will make sure it's not cranked up more than you can handle. But it seems like it's so bad. No, I know. It's just enough to heat you up to get the gold to melt and the stuff to come up. It's just enough. You know, when you're refining gold, you've got to be really clever. You, you don't put enough heat, it doesn't melt. You put too much, you lose the gold. You've got to get just the right amount. He's a master at it. So let me tell you, if you're in the fire now, he knows exactly what it'll take to get you to pop. And then you see what's there that needs swishing away. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able, but will with the temptation. Now, this is the point I want you to get. He will with it. Every time you face a conflict with a person, difficulties with a person, a difficult situation in life, here's what you know comes with it. Something from God to help you overcome it. A fruit of the Spirit to manifest in that situation peace or uh, kindness or love or gentleness or self-control. He has it all there waiting, ready for you to access. Problem is, we get fixed on the problem and get, oh, and get in this emotional state and get wound up and all the flesh starts to go and the mind goes wild and emotions go wild. And then we do stupid things and say stupid things. It's like all of that stuff in your flesh stops you seeing God was there all along and he was intending to use that to help develop something in you. Now you'll have to go through it again. What a shame. Because I am committed to you. I do want to get you through to become just like my son on the earth. So you missed round one. Actually, that was 101. I've been counting. So now we're going to go around again. Okay. And here it comes again. And you still don't change. Well, this is t- this, see, God will with it provide the grace. There is a fruit of the Spirit, a grace for you in every situation. All you've got to do is stop reacting, slow down, and tune into God and say, God, what do you want me to bring forth into this situation? And then start to do that. How simple is that? It's very deep stuff, isn't it, really? You can understand why there's not much of it happening. <laughs> it's easy just to react and just get carried away and say, sorry, later. Actually, that's not, that's not the way to do it. Don't react, don't blame, don't justify manifest Christ and who he is. Bring it into life. Think about this in Romans 12. I'll just quote the verse without looking at it. Romans 12, 21. Don't be overcome by evil. To be overcome by evil means you react and you take on uh, anger and bitterness and resentment and judgment and so on. So don't be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. In other words, it doesn't say you just endure it. Endure it. I'm enduring. I'm enduring. I'm trying to endure. Now listen, that way you'll just get resentful and angry and cover it. What he says is actually be proactive that if something comes against you, take a stand to tune into God and then come against it with something from heaven. In other words, just stop and lift your perspective 
to connect with God and say, God, what do you want me to do? How should I respond in this? And now you begin to respond. And that requires that you own your emotions. Stop blaming. Oh, you made me so angry. No, 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 I didn't make you angry. You got angry all by yourself. It's your anger, not my anger. And actually, it gives room to the devil to manipulate you. Drops your IQ 30 points. Turns you into someone who can barely make decisions. That's why angry people do stupid stuff. But rather, if you were to just say, Lord, I'm just feeling anger over that. There's a goal being blocked. Lord, I just surrender to you. I just drop into you. Lord, teach me your perspective. Help me to see this differently. How do you want me to manifest? What do you want me to show up like? And then you start to show up that way. That's not hard, is it? Trouble is we don't want to do it. I'd much rather bite your head off. See, that's because we're living out of the flesh. That's why it says the works of the flesh produce all kinds of difficulties, and if we continue to practice them, we don't get into and access the things of the kingdom. See, in John, John 21, verse 21, here's a good one I was thinking about. I'll just finish with this in just a moment. Here's what, this is what, and Peter's got this great thing, and he's looking around, and he says to Jesus, what about this man? What's he going to do? And Jesus said, none of your business. We tend to look around at what others are doing. And so what about him? Why is he getting away with all this stuff? How come he's doing this? How can we do it? What about and Jesus said, none of your business. Mind your business. He said, you follow me. You follow. Don't be worried what anyone else is doing. You follow the Lord. You fix your eyes on Jesus and find out what he's saying to you to do. Don't be worried about what someone else is doing. People will do all kinds of stupid stuff, but don't follow them. Follow Jesus. Jesus said, don't. He said, it's none of your business what someone else is doing. What counts is what you're doing and whether you are living out and acting like a child of God on the earth and bringing forth his kingdom. That's pretty good, isn't it, eh? What's it to you? None of your business. I think God would love to say to a lot of people here, it's probably a prophetic word for a lot of people, mind your own business. Just mind your own business. And the Bible even says that, mind your business. In other words, look out for yourself in the sense of guarding your attitudes and not being caught up with what other people are caught up with. Stay clean and clear and focused. Here's another, another one. How about this one here? John 14 and verse 21 to 23. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keep them is the one that loves me, and uh, he that loves me, uh, my Father and I, will come and manifest ourselves in them. Now, now, here's an interesting thought. That Jesus said that experiencing him has, is a certain amount of conditional on how we treat people. In other words, he said, I want you to, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Oh, not a suggestion. And he said, if you keep my commandment, then I know that you love me, and my Father and I will come, and we will manifest ourselves to you. So here's the thing. When you face a provocative situation, a difficult situation, stop, manage what's happening inside you, begin to tune into the Lord, and make a decision to engage in love. And as you do that, this is what the scripture is saying, Jesus and the Father will manifest themselves to you and fill you up in that area of your life. And not only that, you will establish clearly your identity as a child of God. That's the only way you can establish it. You do not establish your identity by coming to church. Your identity is established by how you interact with people in life. The Bible says, 
if you do this. If you're kind to those that are kind to you, what grace is there? If you, if you, you love people that love you, what grace is there? But if you're kind to the unkind and love them, if you love those who hate you and bless those who curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you, then, oh, you are showing up as a child of God and great will be your reward from the Father. What a challenge for us to live our life like that. So here's something you could consider for this week. Why not go through the fruit of the Spirit and have a look and ask the Holy Spirit, which one do I need to develop and cultivate and grow in my life? Which one? Love? Joy? All the sour pusses? Yes, joy. I need more joy. I need to cultivate that. I need to meditate on scriptures on joy. Eh? Maybe peace. Or maybe it's patience or whatever it is, gentleness, whatever it is. Just say, God, show me which one you want to develop in my life. And then begin to search the scriptures, find some scriptures. I begin to meditate on it every day. Begin to pray. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace. You are in me. Your presence is in me. I just thank you for your peace. Meditate on it. Embrace it. Now, Lord, I release peace around me into every place I go. And then when you come into situations in life, if you've been doing that daily meditating and holding this over your life, you'll find as you come into the situation, your first response may be to react, and then you drop back and say, oh, actually, that's not who I am. This is who I am. I'm a man of peace. I release peace into you right now. And you can do this into situations. Let me just help you. Brett, would I just come up? And just stay, just stand there. Just stand over here on my right, just like that, okay? And just put your hand out. Put your hand on my, my hand, just like that. All right. So now what I'm doing is Brent's just, sta- Brent's just standing there, and I've just got his hand resting on my hand. It'd be quite good if someone's behind him. There's someone behind him. That's good. Okay. All right, then. Now, I want you to think about this. If I was to just meditate just for a moment that God is loving, and I begin to set my heart that God is a loving God. Now, here's the thing, that, the truth. The Spirit of God is inside you. You just need to let what's in you come out. You don't have to pray for more of it. You just need to, oh, Lord, I just release your love right now to Brett. And you see, he just feels something imparted to him, which means something was flowing out of me into him, and he felt it. It touched him. So, so Lynn, just come on over here. All right, just put your hand just on my hand. just like that. I need someone to stand behind Lynn. Okay, then, Lynn, now. Now, this is what I want to I want to just change the flow right now. I want to just begin to think of how peaceful God is. Jesus is a man of peace, and I am too. His peace is inside me. I just release the peace. I give you the peace of God right now. I release God's peace into your life. God's given me peace, so you can have that peace. You see, you'll start to feel it. You see how easy that all I did was just begin to meditate in this quality of God and begin to release it. It got all quiet. It didn't look very hard, does it? You should look at it and think, I can't believe that really just happened. But think about this. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. You are one spirit with the Lord. Therefore, you can manifest that life and nature too. You can do it. Now, we'd, Dot, come on, Dot, sitting there. Just come on there, Dot. Now, I'm going to do one more this time. Here we are. We'll just do one more time. You can catch her. There we are. You can catch her, and then you just, you'll be able to catch her, and, and then you'll get what she gets to. That's right. You can see you know what to do. I don't want you to hold my hand. I, don't, I just want you to touch. I'm wanting you to see that there's no effort, no stress, no strain. Now, I'm just going to meditate for a moment in how joyful Jesus is. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is full of joy, full of joy. So I just begin to meditate 
and joys, and he's a joyful person. I just release joy into your life. I release the joy of the Lord into you. Jesus given me joy, my joy I give to you. <laughs> now, heaven is that close. The Spirit of God is that close. If we were just more conscious of the Spirit of God and more conscious that that's what He wants us to release in our life, we could start to touch the lives of many, many people. See? Just release joy. There you go, joy. And you got some too, didn't you? There it is. You got the joy of the Lord? Okay, well, why don't you stand up then, Brett? Now you got the joy of the Lord. And no, don't come to me. Go over there and there's, there's Lynn. Just, there we go. Just lay hands on him. Just, just take his hand. There we go. See, look at that. You see? Joy just flowing out and he starts to fall over. There's probably a whole lot more people could do with more joy and laughter. Wouldn't that be right? <sighs> more, Lord. Just, no, it's just joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Eh? Now, here we go. Now, what you need is peace. Just come. Come, just come. Come and stand here. Yes, I'm just going to... That's right. Just put your hand on my hand now. That's right. Actually, I'm going to do someone else. Uh, Brett, you need to come down here. You need to do this. There we go. Okay, then. That's right. Just put your hand under her hand there. That's right. That's right. Just touch. Whoops, there it is. Look at that. Okay, now, that's it. Okay, now, I want you to think of this. You're connected to heaven, see? The Holy Spirit's just as close as I am to you, see? So, there's the flow of the anointing. All you've got to do is tune in. How about that? We've just got to tune in, and notice, with every situation, God says, I have what you need for it. I have what you need for it. See? It says, you are complete in Christ. You have to wait for something more to come. You have what you need. Realize it and release it. Isn't that great? Isn't that good? So how are you going to show up this week? I know there's some Christians will show up really bad in your life. And when you see that, just laugh and tune into God and say, I know exactly what their problem is. They're living in the flesh, not in the spirit. And they don't realize that heaven is available for them right now. They can just make a decision and access it. Amen? Father, we just thank you today for great days ahead for us. We thank you for new rivers of your spirit opening up in our lives, for new rivers opening up in Bay City. We thank you, Lord, that we're about to enter a whole new season of your presence, of your goodness, free of striving, struggling, free, Lord, to just explore the new ways you want us to be as a church and interact with one another and interact with the community. We thank you for all of that, Lord. May your joy come into the house. May your joy flow in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you might have to get someone to practice on. We won't sing a song. We just enjoy the atmosphere. You might have to get someone to practice on. And all you've got to do is just go up to them, something like this. Here we go. Can I practice on you? Okay, just come. Just come and stand up here. That's so all you've got to do. Say, can I practice on you? And you just close your eyes. And, and I just begin to think, now, what am I asking? Lord, what does she need? Oh, she needs some peace. You need peace. So, now, how did I know that? I just kind of closed my eyes and said, gee, what does she need? She needs peace. All right, then. Now, I want you to notice what you feel in a moment. I will just meditate that Jesus is peace. I give you my peace that he's given me. I release peace into your heart. Peace into your heart. Peace in Jesus' name. That's right. Receive it now. My peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. You're not alone. The peace of God is available to you. The fruit of the Spirit 
bringing heaven to earth in relationships. Isn't that amazing? Amy, you feel his presence here now? I wonder if we all stand, shall we? Just stand. Stand in his presence. Don't strive or struggle to do anything. But if you've got someone there and you'd like to just reach out and pray with them or minister to them, why don't you just say, can I practice on you? And say, and just take their hand and just ask the Lord what he wants you to give. Say, and I give love. All right, I'm just going to meditate on how loving Jesus is and release the, or maybe it's joy. <laughs> release the joy of the Lord into their life. Just do it. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Come back next week and tell me what fruit you were practicing and what happened as a result of practicing. You will change lives.